This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Simon Popple, who is the managing director with Brookville Capital, and he's also the writer of the Intelligent Reports. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us, you know, what made you uh, pursue a career in finance? Well, I, um, I actually started out in marketing, and uh, I took back in the day the typical route was do an MBA. And uh, and then kind of uh, uh, find 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 your your sort of niche in life. And um, I loved investment banking. I like corporate finance, uh, buying and selling companies. And um, it's been a really good discipline for business. You know, understanding how companies work, uh, how they generate cash, and um, you know uh, how they uh, some have got great futures. Some some of the futures aren't so good. But uh, um, it's a very good grounding in um, uh, in business. So tell us how how you got from you know just starting out to now you're the the managing director with Brookville Capital and you know you're writing your your own intelligence report. Um, tell us tell us how you got there. Sure. Well, I mean, I I, I started out in investment banking and then went into property and worked for as head of investment management of, of uh, a decent sized business um, in. Um, uh, in London, and then I became a director of one of the world's largest private um, real estate companies. And when I was there, you know, the guys, um, you know, they were billionaires, and um, they had a lot of people knocking on their door with good ideas. And I found a lot of them were in sort of commodities. So I kind of they'd made their money in property, and I wanted to um, to move into commodities. So I I started basically trading myself and 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 and, and doing my own stuff and uh, um, I did pretty well to be honest and, and so well that Money Week approached me and asked me if I'd write a newsletter for them and uh, I did that and you know that went very well and then they uh, sold out and um, the people who owned it rather than let me go with with the business they asked me to uh, um, write a, a newsletter with a guy called Jim Rickards who's quite big in the US so I wrote Gold Speculator basically for, for their non-US clients. And uh, I did that for a few years until they closed down um, the UK. And, um, but, you know, I, I kind of got the bug there and I was making good money. And so I decided to stick with it and do my own report. So what is it about commodities that kind of really, you know, sparked your interest um, and, and made you kind of go in in this direction? 
Well, initially, it was really, you know, the kind of returns you can get, particularly from the, you know, the, the junior gold and silver miners, because uh, if you look at previous booms, you know, the good ones have gone up 10, 20, 50, uh, even 100 times in value. So for me, that was, you know, that was pretty exciting. But, but obviously, I've, I've been in the industry for a long time now. And over the years, um, you, 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 you sort of, let's say you become a bit more careful about how you allocate your capital. And um, you know, even though um, you know, some, some of the uh, investments I've put my clients into have done phenomenally well, um, you know, such as Chalice, which is, I think it's gone up about 25, 30 times uh, since wow. I told people about it. But um, you know, commodities, you know, they're tangible assets, they're real things. And um, I, I've always liked tangible assets. Uh, you know, some of these things that are out there at the moment, if I'm honest, I don't really understand uh, Bitcoin and you know a few things like that. So I like tangible stuff. And because commodities are tangible, they're used in society, they're used in our everyday life. Um, you know, it's, it's an area that sort of drew me to it. And um, not only out of interest, but you know, the ability to make you know, a lot of money. So when, when you talk about commodities, I mean, what, what items fall under the, the category of, of commodities? Well, I mean, I, I think that if you're just starting out in the sector, I think that you know, there's a lot to be said for having some gold and silver and precious metals in, in your portfolio. But um, there are so many commodities. I mean, to actually to have a, a really broad commodity portfolio, you, know, you could add rare earths, you could add lithium, nickel, zinc. Uh, you know, there's a really long list and that's just the hard commodities. And then, you know, once you've got your hard commodity portfolio, you may want to go more into soft commodities such as wheat, corn, uh, soya, you know, and you, you, you can build a really good diversified portfolio. And um, you know, all these companies are different and that, you know, that's a lot of the value that I add to my clients because I kind of explain the difference between, let's say, a producer and an explorer. Um, but um, you know, particularly let's say gold companies, they you know they pay nice dividends. Uh, not all of them, but you know a lot of them do. And um, in these interesting, challenging times, you know, finding companies that can pay good dividends is is not easy. So you know, in talking about the different commodities, and you're saying that you know, with starting out with hard commodities being you know gold, silver, things like that, what is it about those commodities that you really like? Well, you know, as I said earlier, you can't print them, you know, and right. um, I think that uh, in the fact that there's a finite, finite amount of them um, is, uh, is attractive from an investment perspective because you know that you're, you're investing in something that can't be created out of thin air. Um, so I think that's, that's very attractive. And, um, you know, they're used in everyday life as well. You know, they are very important parts of our lives. And you know, to invest in something that uh, is used in, you know, many like silver, you know, it's using, it's got so many different uses. Um, you know, I, I find quite exciting. I guess, how is it, you know, with, with the commodity and, and trading it is different than, uh, you know, trading a stock or a mutual fund or something like that? Well, I mean, I, I personally, I like the companies rather than buying and selling the actual commodities themselves. Um, I specialize in um, looking at commodity companies and 
Uh, for me, that's on the one hand, you, you're slightly at the mercy of the uh, of the markets. Um, you know, the markets are smart. You know, they they know um, where the value is, and I think that if you're investing in a company that, that's got a real tangible asset, it doesn't rely on um, you know, let's say retail, for example. You know, there are certain companies that are heavily reliant on retail and a lot of commodities you know they're not and um so you know especially gold i mean you know gold the value of a gold company is largely to do with the the, the deposit and the plant that they've got to actually process the ore which is all in one location so you've got a fairly small sh or short supply chain so you know in the case of let's say a gold or silver company um you probably find that sort of eighty percent, ninety percent of the value is actually created on site, um, and um, you know I, I like that. You know, especially in these in these you know, with the pandemic around us, you know, companies that have got long supply chains that need to move products all over the world to make their supply chains work. Um, I think is you know can be quite challenging. Yeah, it, it definitely you know with everything that, that's gone on with with covid it definitely um seems that that right now that this would be a great um you know a great investment how how does someone go about you know starting to invest in commodities well i mean i, I think the first thing you need to do is you know do your own research um goldman sachs has got a very good index the commodity index so uh i'd sort of you know, suggest people have a look at that because that indicates that you know it, i wouldn't say it's right at the bottom but it but it's sort of towards the bottom of and i, I think that will whet the appetite if you see where prices are as you know, on an index basis compared to you know where they have been uh, historically um and then i think that uh, people really want to decide what level of risk they want to take how much they want to allocate to the sector what sort of companies they you know they're looking at um there's some gold silver juniors which are you know pretty speculative but you can make you know phenomenal returns um but you know there's other areas where you perhaps want to be a bit more conservative and you know perhaps you want a dividend or um you know perhaps you perhaps you've got a real view about you know electric cars or or a certain sector and you know if, if you've got a view about a certain sector then you can look at the commodities that are very important for that sector um, so, you know, in the case of electric cars, it will be lithium, cobalt, nickel. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can help people look at companies and, you know, that's what I do. And, um, but, yeah, I, I think I think a lot, a lot more people should be looking at it because it's a good diversifier as well. Um, and especially if people are, let's say, in real estate and, and things like that. Um, it, it doesn't have a negative correlation to, to real estate um depending on what sort of type of real estate you look at but but it certainly doesn't correlate particularly well with real estate so i think it you know it could be a good diversifier for people with that sort of portfolio so how how do you differ from say you know a financial advisor that somebody goes to or a financial planner that somebody goes to um and gives them their money and says okay here invest it for me well first of all i, I don't touch anyone's money um you know that's it's it's for them. What, what I do, I specialize in commodities. That's all I do. I don't, you know, if you look at a financial advisor, they they they're more to do with portfolio allocation. That they, they look at all um, different asset classes. I just focus on commodities. 
And so people tend to come to me when their financial advisor said, look, you know, you, you should you should look at commodities, but you know, I as a financial advisor don't know anything about commodities. And um, and then I can give them some ideas based on whatever the brief is. And then they can go and discuss those with their financial advisor. Um, and um, you know, he can give them the, you know, the proper advice. But uh, um, what I'm really doing is, is, is sort of providing people with, with the kind of research and insight into the sector, which um, you know, they find it difficult to do outside of a fund. And um, I'm really offering an alternative to a fund. I mean, if you want uh, to just invest in a commodity fund, then that will probably give you exposure to a lot of commodity companies. But, um, you know, obviously there's performance fees and management fees and everything like that. Whereas what I try and do is build a portfolio that's more um, sort of suited to whoever the investor is. And, um, you know, it, it's part of their portfolio. They've got complete control over what they want to do. And, um, you know, people seem to like that. So in, in, in dealing with the, the commodities and things like that, uh, I'm assuming that this is pretty liquid. Yeah, I mean that that's that's one of the great attractions, actually. I mean, if if, if you're uh, talking to people about uh, listed shares, which is really what I'm doing, um, then you know you, you've got um, you know you, you you can trade these shares. You know, you can get on your computer and sell them today, and you know you've got your, depending on the settlement period, you've got the, the money in your account probably you know two or three days' time. So you know, there's a lot of um, sort of benefit uh, to, to, to this sort of asset class. I mean, I think people should also look at the currencies as well, because you know, quite a lot of people have got um, overexposure to uh, you know, th their own currency. You know, the house may be right. less in US dollars, their business values in US dollars. So they may think, well, actually, you know, that's great, but I wouldn't mind having a bit of exposure to a different currency. And you know, through commodities, because they're global, you, know, you can do that. So, you know, when you're, you're dealing with your, um, your clientele um, and you're talking with your clients, what are some of the questions that you wish that they were asking you when, when they first start out, but they're not? That's a superb question. Um, I, I think um, I always ask them what they want. And if I'm honest, um, quite a lot of them don't know. And it's only when I kind of ask, ask the question, say, well, you know, what do you want to do? And they say, well, I want to invest in commodities. And I said, well, you know, what do you want to achieve? And, you know, you, you get some people who, who say, oh, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, make, make loads of money. And, you know, I want to speculate. And, you know, they're, they're very young and they've got time. And, you know, that's great. But then you get other people who are a lot older and they say, well, look, you know, I like a bit of fun, but, but I really want to try and, you know, keep my money and, um, uh, help it grow and get a dividend and it, it, it's really important to know that because it it, it, it really kind of uh, drives what um, you know what I'm looking to do and you know looking to achieve right so what are the what are the, what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they try to enter into the commodity sector well I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they they think they can't lose and um, uh, especially in a bull market. In a bull market, you could literally get a, get a, a newspaper with a list of, of commodity companies, put it on a dartboard, throw a dart at it, and you'll probably make money. It's a bit like you know the real estate world. Right. You know, 
when it's in a boom, you don't really need skills. You know, people buy a house, um, they, they paint the bathroom, change the carpet, and then they sell it at a 30% profit and they think they're a property developer. And, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not. Um, and, um, but it's, you know, commodities are the same. And I think um, I was told never love anything that can't love you back. And I can assure you that the commodities and property, um, right. you know, they don't love you back. Right. And um, so one of the one of the skills really is to is to is to sell at the right time. You know, I, I had a, a client this week who um, had made a, a fortune out of one of one of the, the stocks that I was um, I got them into. And you know, he said, "Well, what should I do?" And I said, "You've got to sell it." And he sort of said, "Well, look, it's made it's made me loads of money." But no, you've got to sell it. And um, you know, he, he he didn't like it. You know, he's like, "Well, it's made me loads of money." I, you know, I love this stock. And I said, "No, you've right. got to sell it." And um, so, yeah, he sold it. And he's, you know, I, the stock I he sold out of um, has gone down and I put him into something that's almost doubled in value. So, but people, uh, you know, people do get attached to these things and um, you, you do need to sell because, you know, commodities are cyclical. And um, if you're not careful, you have way too much money in it because it's done far too well uh, if, if we get another bull market. And then um, if we get a crash, uh, you know, you perhaps start off putting, let's say, 10 grand in, you then put 50, then put 100, then put a million, and then it crashes. And, you know, you could lose a lot more than you ever thought about investing in the first place. So right. um, you need to look at your end game, not your start game. Right. I, I, I like your, your saying there about, you know, don't love something that doesn't love you back. <laughs> I may have to use that. Um, when is, I mean, because you were talking about, you know, people needing to... to to get out at certain times and things like that. Is there a particular time that is the best time to invest in commodities or is it just one of those things, get started? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you need to look at cycles and that's why, you know, I said at the top of this, you should look at like the Goldman Sachs index because, you know, that's a massive index and, and it just, it, it indicates that, you know, now is a good time to be looking at stuff. You need your, your hand-holding in most cases because it's a new sector for you. Um, I'd say it's as much about psychology as, uh, as investing because, um, you know, as I said, uh, you know, telling people to sell sometimes they don't, they don't like it. And I had one guy who um, phoned me up to say thank you because I'd made him 300% on something. And I said, well, you haven't sold it, have you? He said, well, yeah, you know, I've never done this before. I made 300%. And I said, you lunatic, you know. That stock, you know, that's it went up to close to three thousand percent, and um, he can never get back in because he just moved too quickly. And it's very difficult psychologically to to buy something um, at thirty percent more than, than what you could have bought it for yesterday. And you know, it, it, certain stocks, if they if they make the kind of a huge discovery, they can do that. Um, others go up on discoveries nearby, and I think that you know. That's where my kind of expertise adds value because, um, you know, I look at why stocks going up and, you know, if they found a phenomenal deposit, uh, you probably want to hang on to it. Um, right. But if, if they've gone up because of market sentiment or uh, for, for other reasons where I'm, I'm less confident that they're going to stay up, um, then, you know, I, I, I probably sell out and, um, you know, my subscribers would do likewise. So, sure. um, yeah, they're all they're all different, and I think that's 
That's what people need to understand. You know, one commodity company is completely different to another, even if they're producing the same commodity. And um, uh, you know, it's important for people to realize that. Going back to the investor themselves, I mean, who should be investing in commodities? I think people, um, for me, I, I think they need a minimum of, um, you know, like $10,000 to look at the sector as, okay. as an amount. And I, I would say, you know, you probably want to have 2000 in cash in case you know, the, the sector crashes. So you've got a bit of dry powder. If it really takes off, you won't care about having a 2000 in cash. Um, but that leaves you with 8,000. So you can get into eight different stocks. Um, you know, what I like about it is, you know, you want to be in different countries, you want to be in different commodities. So um, you perhaps have a bit of exposure to gold, a bit, a bit of silver, a bit of rare earth, a bit of uranium. And so you're, you're exposed on a currency basis, a geographic basis, uh, commodity basis. And uh, you know, even though you can say I've got a commodity portfolio, to someone looking in, they may say, well, it's, you know, it's a lot of money in commodities. But if you've got them across lots of different countries and different commodities, You've actually got diversification kind of within diversification. So um, I think providing people can afford to allocate at least that amount to, to, to a sector, um, that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, um, and you, you know, your financial advisor should tell you this, but um, you don't want to, it's a very volatile market. You don't want to be putting money into something where you need the money uh, pretty quickly. And, um, you know, I had a mate of mine who said, look, you know, I've got a whole load of money for my kids' school fees, can I put it with you? And I said, absolutely not. You know, uh, I don't really want to have that on my conscience. Right. Um, so I, I think that you kind of, uh, you need to uh, have a bit of money where, uh, you know, the famous line, you can afford to lose, no one can afford to lose money, but, right. but you, you do need some money that's not part of your day-to-day um, -day life. And um, because of the volatility of the sector, but you know, if, if you've got a broad enough portfolio and you're disciplined enough with it, um, you know, you can have a lot of fun. So it, it sounds like, because I know I tell people that are, are starting up businesses and things like that, that, that one of the reasons why most businesses fail is because they're undercapitalized when they start out. Is that kind of the same thing when, when somebody goes to get into uh, the commodities market? I mean, you're saying they should should at least start with, you know, with 10 grand. Is that, you know, one of the things that they're too hesitant to, to put enough in there to make a difference? Yeah, you've got to be careful. I mean, um, you could easily just put, a, you know, a few thousand in, uh, you know, a couple of stocks and, you know, they, they may not perform. And, you know, you, you then need the money to put a deposit down on a house or something, you know, and that's not, that's not what you should be doing in this market. You know, this is um, for people who've got assets elsewhere. Um, yes, the returns can be fantastic, but um, don't go into it on that basis. Go into it as a way of diversifying your portfolio. And if you make a shed load of money, you know, fantastic. But but I think that's that's one of the problems that you know people have. You know, I know people have gone into digital currencies and things like that. And yeah, you know, good luck. You know, if they do well, fantastic. But diversity is important. So you do need enough. And as I say, I think ten thousand dollars for me is is kind of the minimum. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some people may want to go in with less, but um, 
you know, given I, I've got a subscription fee on top of that, and they've got they've got trading fees, buying and selling shares. Um, you know, but you don't want to have too little in the game. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's a useful useful minimum. So, what are some of the other common mistakes that people make when they get into the commodities? I think um, not looking at where the assets are is a very common mistake. Uh, you know, someone will look at something; it's got great grade and um, you know, huge deposit, but it could be in a very remote part of the world where you know there's a lot of political risk, and you know, suddenly the asset gets nationalized and you know their investment goes to zero um that's that's one of the big mistakes another big mistake is people get very excited by a deposit perhaps in a in a safer jurisdiction um but if there's no infrastructure so there's no power nearby there's no roads nearby there's no water nearby um then they're going to have to get that that in in order to um process it and, and extract the ore and um, if it's not feasible to do that, you know, in Australia, there are parts of Australia where it's very difficult to get water. And um, so you do need to look at all these other things. And, um, you know, even if there's a fantastic deposit, if it's going to cost 200 million to build a pipeline for water, um, you know, first of all, you've got the cost of it. Secondly, how on earth are you going to raise that money? Um, you know, it's going to be very difficult you know, someone who someone's going to have to put their hand in their pocket for let's say 100 million to build a pipeline for you. Um, you know, that could be a huge risk because you know the pipeline if it's going over someone's land they need a permit for it, and um, you only need a few people to say actually no I don't want to you know that go across my land or if it does I want you to give me this uh, this compensation and um, it can get very complex. So there are a lot of moving parts um, for for any. Uh, any company that, that people are looking to invest in. Now, how has uh, COVID affected your business? I've been quite fortunate. It hasn't affected it too badly. You know, some mines have had to shut down, but, you know, I'm pretty careful about, you know, I, I use what I call the bridge system, which stands for balance sheet, resources, infrastructure, diversification, grade, and exploration potential. Uh, now, in this case, diversification is quite important because um, you kind of, you really want more, more than one mine, uh, ideally in a different country. So if, uh, if, if a mine does have to close because of uh, COVID, um, then at least they've got, you know, a, a way of operating um, and generating cash through, through another mine. That's also relevant in terms of, you know, I, I say balance sheet because you don't, you don't want a company with, lots of debt repayments um, over the next right. couple of years because if COVID means that, you know, they've got to shut mines and um, they're not producing cash, um, you know, banks may have some sympathy, but but they won't have a huge amount of sympathy if they're owed money. Um, then, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the, what, what the, the force majeure is different in, in different countries, but uh, if they're owed money and you can't pay it, um, you could be in a spot of bother. I've asked you a lot of questions. We've covered a lot of ground. I mean, what what have I not asked you that you wish that I had? I think you, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, I, I think the the main attraction for me, and I mean, I think if you look at commodities versus more, uh, let's say, traditional 
uh, asset classes, so uh, real estate, bonds, and more conventional equities. It's one of the few asset classes, you know, as I, I keep referring to the Goldman Sachs index, but it's one of the few um, asset classes where there is, um, you know, potentially, you know, if you look at it, it's, it's nowhere near the top of the curve. And um, I think that people really need to kind of um, look at that and, and sort of think, well, you know, if I've got spare capital, do I want to be putting it in something that is, you know, if you look at the, the property market or the, the bond market or the equity markets, that, you know, they're, they're pretty close to, to um, highs. And, um, you know, given we're in a pan pandemic as well, um, with all this money being printed, um, do you want to put more money into these markets? And I think that's why, you know, the commodity market is a market people should should be looking at. And a lot of people have got no exposure to it whatsoever. Right. And um, I think that, you know, they should at least look at it. I, I like that idea, especially with people that, you know, they have so much money tied up in their business. Um, and it's, you know, we're in the U.S. and, you know, it's tied up in all of that to, to diversify, like you're saying, in some of these commodities because, you know, they're in other countries and, and it really helps diversify things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and diversity is, is a kind of, I think that's a buzzword here. Um, you know, people do need to think about sort of, you know, what they're doing and, and how they're, um, uh, in, how their investments are, um, where they are, and, you know, make sure that they've got some bases covered so, you know, they can sleep at night. Right. So, Simon, if um, our listeners like what they hear and they would like to, to talk to you or even subscribe to your intelligence report, how, how do they get to you? How do they, how are they able to subscribe to your report? Right. I mean, the best thing to do is if you go to www.rookvillecapital.com, um, on there, I've got a whole load of reviews. Um, I'd suggest you, you know, look at the website, read the reviews and, uh, you know, get comfortable with, with what I'm doing. Um, I think that, that's, that's a good starting point. It, it, if after that, they, you know, they're still interested, um, what they can do is they can book a call and we can have a chat and make sure that, um, you know, this is something that, 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 you know, I think is for them and, um, you know, they know what, what they're getting from me as well. And then uh, I think after all that, um, you know, they should subscribe. And, you know, if they do subscribe, they get a weekly newsletter. Um, they get a free copy of my book. Um, I put them uh, on my Slack channel. So there's a forum with a whole bunch of investors, like-minded people, okay. uh, which they, they find pretty useful. And um, they get a password for all my, you know, previous reports. So, um not only can they look forward, but they can also look back, which, you know, people like. Well, I really appreciate your time today. This has been a lot of uh, interesting information um, and definitely uh, something that, that I haven't looked at before. So I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Well, thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. So today our guest was Simon uh, Popple with who is the managing director of Brookville Capital and also the writer of the intelligence report. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.